we can profess our faith, we can respond to an altar call, we can be baptized, we can give to the poor, we can preach in church, we can stand next to an impressive man of God, we can be shiny lamp, impressive to others, but without oil, there's no light. Hey everyone, and welcome to our service for this week. Um, today's speaker is Craig Deal, and will be led by Kevin Peacock. Hope you all enjoy the service, and uh, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast uh, if you're getting it that way, and uh, if you're getting it on WhatsApp, don't forget to share with all your friends. Thanks for listening, everyone. Cheers. Good morning, my dear Kingsmead friends. Wow, uh, Bridgie and I are just gutted not to be with you today. I'm we're just really so sorry that we seem to have let you down. I, I hope and pray that uh, you can forgive us for this but and know that we fully understand King Mead's position. Uh, we love you all so much, but it is what it is. And I'm really going to miss just seeing you today, but I'm glad I've got the opportunity to at least share a message that's that's on my heart for for your church today. And uh, if you could just open your Bibles and, and follow along, I'm going to be talking from Matthew 25. So, we are living in tumultuous times for sure, not just in Zimbabwe. And around the world we are seeing a massive shaking, especially in the churches. I know that the planet has had many other times in history where it was thought that the end times was upon us. But my view is that it seems very different this time. And for theologians, uh, Matthew 24 seems to be the go-to passage of Scripture uh, warning us to discern this, the, the signs of the times. In that passage there in Matthew 24, Jesus is talking to his disciples and he's talking to us as Christians. And he says, you will hear of wars and threats of wars, but don't panic. He says, nations will go to war against nations and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes and pestilence. And uh, this is all the birth pains, Jesus said. Then he said, you'll be arrested, persecuted, killed. You'll be hated all over the world because you're my followers. And many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and will deceive many people. Sin will be rampant everywhere and the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. The day is coming when you'll see what Jan Daniel the prophet spoke about, the sacrilegious object that causes desecration standing in the holy place. So desecration, we're seeing that. We're seeing evil in the holy places. This abomination that the Bible speaks about, as from the words of Jesus, is surely upon us. And it is for me, it's the acceptance in the church, the holy place, of the progressive agenda headed up by the progressives and the left and the primarily the LB uh, movement in the name of tolerance 
for me, good has become evil and evil has become good. And God's word is no longer sacrosanct. Now, I don't have a grasp of eschatology and the details of whether there's a rapture or a tribulation or a millennium and all those things uh, don't have any bearing on how I should behave today. Those different theologies over the decades, the eschatology theologies, have divided the church almost as much as the vaccine has today. So, so bear with me. My simple childlike view of eschatology is based solely on Matthew 25, starting with the parable of the Virgin. We need to be ready, for we know not the hour when either we will die or Jesus comes back. That's being ready, the parable of the virgins. Then straight after this parable comes the parable of the talents. It's, it's quite a strange place for Jesus to put it, don't you think? But to me, Jesus is saying that while you are being ready, be faithful. Continue to be faithful with whatever God gives you to do, assuming that he's not coming back in your lifetime, but contingent that he might be. So today I want to speak on, on being ready. The parable of the ten virgins, Matthew 25, 1 to 13. And I will read it. It's very important. Starting in verse 1. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like the ten bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The five who were foolish didn't take enough olive oil for their lamps. But the five other were wise enough to take along extra oil. When the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, they were roused by the shout, Look, the bridegroom is coming. Come out and meet him. All the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. Then the five foolish ones, asking the others, Please, give us some of your oil, because our lamps are going out. But the others replied, We don't have enough oil for all of us. Go to a shop and buy some for yourselves. But while they were gone to buy oil, the bridegroom came. Then those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was locked. Later, when the other five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he called back, Believe me, I don't know you. So, you too must keep watch, for you do not know the day or the hour of my return. Powerful words. A dramatic uh, parable. And it was probably based around the Jewish custom of the day. It was custom um, that on the wedding day that the bridegroom would come at night to the house of the bride where the bridesmaids waited expectantly. Upon the sounds of the approaching groom, the bridesmaids, the bridesmaids were to go out with lamps in their hands to light the way into the house with ceremony and formality to begin this joyous occasion. Now this parable is obviously relevant for us today as Christians awaiting for the return of the bridegroom Jesus and us the church being the bride. 
But Jesus uses virgins to illustrate and the story and denote um, beauty and purity. The state the Lord would want to find his church without a spot or a blemish. Verse 2 tells us there were five wise virgins and five were foolish. I'm presuming Jesus is talking here to Christians. They looked the same, all ten had lamps. No one could tell the difference. Their job was the same, their job to shine the light. But what set them apart? Verse 3 and 4 tells us that the five wise virgins had extra oil in their jars that they carried alongside their lamps. This matter of, of extra oil is exceedingly important. Perhaps that's where we get this word of uh, extra virgin olive oil. But here we see a reserve supply of oil that went along with the wise virgins as a matter of course. This extra resource was quite separate from the oil that was in their lamps. It was like a companion vessel. The oil the wise carried in their lamps was no greater in supply than the oil in the lamps of the foolish. To me that's an important point. What is God trying to tell us here? He's saying the oil fuels the light, right? But the extra oil we need is, the, is to keep the light burning. You see, it comes from an external source. It's not from within our own lamps. This is not from within the flesh. To me, this is the Holy Spirit, Jesus. And that is the extra oil we need to keep on shining, not from within ourselves. So... All ten virgins were indistinguishable outwardly, and they waited. But verse 5 tells us that the groom was delayed, and they got tired and slept. All ten slept, not just the five, all ten slept. They were and then in verse 6 and 7, the bridegroom arrives with a shout. The ladies awake, all ten, but oops, five of the lamps. Are going out. We see then the, the foolish virgins suddenly panic. Verse 8. Please give us some of your oil. The wise virgins say no. Go and get your own. Then the foolish girls run out. Verse 9 and 10. They find a merchant in the, at midnight. Buy some oil and rush back. Knock on the door expecting entry. But too late. The door is shut. And the Lord says the words that we all dread to hear. I do not know you. It's a cute story, almost a Grimm's fairy tale, except there's no happily ever after for the eternal I do not know you for the five virgins. Ten virgins had intended to go out to meet the bridegroom, but alas, only five of them will. And it's probably the most haunting parable that Jesus ever taught. You see, like the virgins, our job is to be ready to attend his return. We are to shine the light into a dark world. The midnight hour 
at the midnight hours depicting a dark world with our midnight oil. This is the light that the parable is talking about. It's about keeping oil in our lamps today that we might shine. So the difference between the wise and foolish virgins at the end of the day was the light they were able to admit. We can profess our faith, we can respond to an altar call, we can be baptized, we can give to the poor, we can preach in church, we can stand next to an impressive man of God, we can be shiny lamp, impressive to others, but without oil, there's no light. We can be empty vessels, empty lamps, hoodwinking the world with our religion, our church attendance, our self-righteousness. You see, we all look the same. The lamps look the same. It's what's inside that's important. And Jesus is the only one who can see into our hearts. Man sees the shiny lamps. Only God can see inside our hearts and see how much oil there is inside. So, we wait. We wait with our lamps. Jesus doesn't seem to be coming. Or is he? I believe it's soon if we read the signs of the times. The trumpet sounds. Jesus is coming. Crunch time. And it will be when we least expect it. Maybe not in our generation. But let's at least teach the next generation to be ready. Remember, he comes at midnight, the darkest time. But what a joyous occasion for those who are prepared. And for others who are not prepared, it's our worst nightmare. And some of us put it off. Some of us are saying, oh well, I'll, I'll shine my light for God sometime in the future when I'm married or when I've made enough money or when we've moved house or when I've done this. Well, the future is now. Who knows? This night, your soul might be required of you. Jumping to another parable of the rich fool in Luke 12. Others might say, well, you know, I've got enough oil to get by. I don't have to keep it full all the time, surely. Well, have you ever run out of fuel in your car? The stupidity of it. <laughs> With all the technology, fuel gauges, warning lights, we push the limit. I'm sure I'll get there. I'm sure there's enough. We run on fumes. It's no good running out of fuel in your car and reminiscing about when your tank was full five days ago. Similarly, it doesn't matter how bright my light was at three in the afternoon when it's at midnight when I need my light. It's about my relationship with Jesus today, not where I was with him five years ago. If we've backslidden, we've become lukewarm. If we were on fire for him at one stage and we've gone backwards, it, that's, the oil is empty. The oil's run out. Luther once said, there are only two days on his calendar. Today and that day, the day of judgment. 
What we do today affects that day. That day, Judgment Day. On that day there will be many confused Christians. Look what I did in your name, Lord. I gave to charity. I was good to my family. I know the doctrine back, backwards. I have a Bible app on my phone. Jesus warns us in Matthew 7. There will be people that he'll turn away and say, I didn't know you. It's not about us knowing him. It's about him knowing us is our name written in the book of life. So the foolish virgins suddenly asked for oil from the wise, but they were refused. Sounds a bit harsh and selfish of the wise ones, don't you think? No. You see, the Lord is teaching us that you cannot borrow someone else's faith. Your Christian spouse will not get you into heaven. We are told in Philippians 2, we are told to work out our own salvation. I don't think you can repent on behalf of someone else. You cannot pray someone else into heaven. That person eventually has to appropriate those prayers and make that decision for himself. So what happens? The lost run off. They're desperate to find oil, to find Jesus, but it's too late. They would have surely found Jesus had they, had they sought him at the right time. They hear the merriment inside, but the door is locked. Remember Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if anybody hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. Jesus has been knocking on our hearts all our lives with a fresh jar of oil in his hand, and perhaps we never let him in. Now the door's locked for eternity. So I have to ask myself daily, how much oil is in my lamp today? Not what was in yesterday. What's it like today? Am I topped up today? How brightly shining is the flame? Today, is Jesus shining through me today? You see, Christ is the flame that lights our lives forever and into eternity. Please don't assume, we must not assume that we're on fertile ground. Don't just assume your lamp is full. As Jesus said, the road is narrow. It's really easy to keep flowing with the world, albeit with a saved expression, satisfied with being uh, sort of ready. Being ready is auditing my life today, so that if I die or Jesus returns today, is my oil sufficient and overflowing? Carry the extra oil that he so freely gives so that you can shine with Jesus' character and with the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Your date with eternity, that day, depends on how we behave this day. Thank you for listening. Can I just pray for you? Father God, thank you for this congregation. 
I pray for every man, woman, and their families that are represented here. I pray for them, Father, that this church would continue to uh, be a shining light for you, that lamps would be filled in the pews here. I pray, Father God, that, that we wouldn't be a church that is just a Sunday church, that we would be men and women of God who preach hectically and behave like Christians from Monday to Saturday as well. Thank you for this time, Lord. Would you bless them? May your face shine upon them. May your face shine through them. And I thank you in Jesus' name for this time today. In Jesus' name. Amen.
Hey everyone, uh, thanks for listening out on uh, our podcasts here on Anchor and also Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening. I just wanted to ask you if you've got any suggestions or comments, any feedback on our sermons, please feel free to use the Anchor Podcast messaging service to send us a voice message and I'll even include it uh, along with the sermon if uh, if you say nice things about us. Um, look forward to hearing from you uh, and thank you to everyone who's listening around the world.